Come all you weary, come and find. His yoke is easy, his burden light. He is able, he will restore at the table of the Worship him together today. I will feast at the table of the
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today, brothers and sisters? It's not just me, is it? Aren't you glad to be here in his manifest presence? You know, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus sent out an invitation to come to the table of the Lord as he hung on the cross and bled his precious, precious blood so that we could have eternal salvation. He was sending out an invitation. Come and join me. Be mine. And today, when we're here like we are manifested in his presence, we're telling him we accept that invitation. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give him one more hand clap of praise, brothers and sisters? I think he's worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. Worthy of honor. Worthy of our praise. And a wonderful passage that goes along with that whole thought we find in Matthew 11, verse 28 30. If you have your Bibles here at home, you can open it up and read. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Aren't you glad? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for taking our burden. You said you would bear our grief and carry our sorrow. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us humbly come before the throne of grace and mercy, brothers and sisters, together, and ask the good Lord to hear our petition of prayers. If there's something on your heart that you need God to address while we're praying, just think about it. He knows our thoughts. Amen? And just tell him what it is. He says, don't be anxious. But in everything in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, tell me what you need. Tell me what you want. Tell me what's on your heart. We do that right now, O oh Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, our most wonderful and loving, almighty God, creator of the universe and everything there is within, we humble ourselves, O oh God, right now before you. We pay you homage. We honor you. We exalt your name today, Jesus, in every thought, word, and deed. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart please you. Be acceptable in thy sight. For you and you only are our strength and our redeemer. It is you, dear God, in whom we live and move and have our very being. Our very next breath, Daniel says, comes from the Lord. And all of our ways, we need you, Lord. We need you like we need our next breath of air. Lord, we ask that you bless everybody who is here today, who came to be in your manifest presence, including those who are at home, who have turned on the TV or the computer to see what thus saith the Lord, to be part of this group of worshipers of whom you said you would bless because we came together in unity. 
Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you'll just fill this place with your holy presence, your wonderful presence where there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, you said there are blessings forevermore. Lord, we need to be blessed. Your blessings maketh rich and addeth no sorrow, the Bible says. We want that. Lord, we ask that you look deep inside of all of us. Give us the desires of our heart, as you said you would if we just delight ourselves in you. As long as they line up with your word, your will, and your good pleasure for our lives. Bless uh, Pastor Roger and Pastor Bill as they lead the service today, dear God. Father, continue to keep all of us safe. There's so much going on in this world nowadays. Keep us safe from dangers seen and unseen alike. Continue to give your angels charge over us, to watch over us, to keep us safe, dear God, to bless us, to lift us up, dear God, to avoid the stones of life. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that everything we do be according to your will, be in faith, so that it pleases you. Help us to do that. Order our steps, dear God, according to our will, but your word, your will for our lives. Father, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. In every thought, every word, and every deed, in your most holy son's name we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And could you join me in saying amen, brothers and sisters? That's saying I agree. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. We wanted to say a big thank you to all those who volunteered to make Jerusalem Marketplace VBS special. Teachers, food service and preparation, and music are just a few of the areas that people served. Our celebration night this past Wednesday was a great conclusion to VBS. Thanks again to all who served. We also want to thank a group of committed warriors who helped us finish painting our mall area. As many as 11 people worked tirelessly from Sunday night to Wednesday to get this project complete. We love our volunteers and this group went above and beyond literally. Climbing ladders, scaffolding, lifts, and painting well into the night every day. Thanks to this group, our mall looks great. Our men's dinner group is meeting again on Wednesday, August 3rd at 6 p.m. at Schaefer's Canal House in Chesapeake City. All men are welcome, and we encourage you to bring a friend. RSVP to Kevin Sturgis by August 1st at 302-824-5625. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning. It is so good to see you today, and it is so good that we can lift our hands together and say, Thank you, God. 
for giving us this beautiful day, which, you've made, which he's made for us. And we can enjo- rejoice, enjoy it, and be glad in it. If I'd like to welcome you, whether you're here in the room or whether you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here. If this is your first time here and you're in this room, after service is over, please, as you exit through the doors, turn left and stop by the Welcome Center. A member of our pastoral care team will be there to greet you and offer you a small gift. If you're new here and you're online, please click the New Here button. There will be information that we ask you to fill out, not a lot, just a little, and someone from Pastor Vaughn's Family Care Ministry will communicate with you throughout the week. On your table, or if you're seated in a chair, you'll see a card that says Welcome on the front, and on the back it says Connect. We're asking that if you're at, that you fill this card out for everyone that's with you. The most important thing to me is the prayer request tab at the bottom of the form. Reason prayer is important is because God hears our prayers. He leans his ear to us, and then he grants us what we need, and he gives us his peace. So if there's anything on your heart that you want us to pray for you, because we meet confidentially throughout the week to do it, please list it. Please know that what you have shared in confidence will not be um, distorted or disseminated inappropriately. Also, if you're online, and you'd like to fill out the Connect card, please click the Connect tab, and you can also list your prayer request. And then we have Pastor Roger. Yes, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Fran, for all of those instructions and reminders uh, that every time you come and worship with us, we want you to do these things so it keeps us, keeps us connected and helps us encourage one another because we live in a world where we all need encouragement. I was reading this morning a letter from a... A, a member of our church who happens to uh, he's he's in prison but he we have we have uh, regular communication and he's part of our congregation and uh, we all uh, we all need one another in this and it doesn't matter where we are we need to be together and so I'm grateful for all the ways that we stay connected together I want to remind you of something new if you're on our mailing list and you get our emails and our and our, our our paper letters that send out you know that I've asked us to to begin a fast together and it starts this Thursday uh, August uh, is it fourth I guess I think that's the and and what I'm asking us simply to do is is uh, eat dinner on Thursday night and then uh, stop eating when you go to bed wake up in the morning as part of the fast go through lunch don't eat anything if you choose to make uh, fasting from food the thing that you fast from. The purpose for a fast is to focus ourselves more on God, God's presence, God's will, God's work in our lives, and to ask God to just come and fill us. And uh, the reason we're doing this fast is because this is, a, this is a transition time for us as a congregation. Several people have said to me, I just feel the, the Holy Spirit moving among our church and really among our society. And I think it's important for all of us to say, hey, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? 
What do you want me to do? And so this fasting time for all of us together is, is important. It's time to do that. So uh, re- read that material that I've sent out or uh, ask questions. But also we've got on the tables and on your chair this little card that is for you to take home. And if you fold it where it says to fold it, where the creases are, it makes a little triangle. You can see on our tables and around, there's a tall one, but this is just a short one that you can fold it together and let it be a reminder that every Thursday and into Friday, we, we want to fast and pray and ask God to be with us. And if you're willing to do that with me, there's a little QR code. There are two ways that you can let me know that you're fasting. And if you're online, there's going to be a link uh, for you to, to let me know that you're, you're fasting and joining us in that. We're going to do that every week during the fast, so it doesn't matter if you start now or start two weeks from now. Just jump in on this fast whenever you can. And you have to choose from what are you fasting. And I know some of us have health concerns that it's just unsafe for us to fast, but you decide what you want to fast from. So the one way you can sign up is click the link online or you can take your, your smartphone and scan this little QR code and it will take you right to an electronic form. You can say, hey, Pastor Roger, I'm fasting with you. Or if you want to do the old school way, there's this card on your seat or on your table and you can just fill this out, drop it in the offering plate along with your offering and along with your prayer cards and uh, we'll join this fast together. So I encourage you, to let's take this time together to, to fast. Let's remind one another as we, as we not just fast, but we seek to live uh, a generous life in many ways. Let's remind one another of one of the principles that we follow uh, in generosity. And let's read this principle number one together. Will you read this with me? We strive to give God's will priority over money and anything. God's will is what we want to do with everything. And here's a scripture that uh, supports that and teaches that. Jesus said these words. Let's read these together. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Do you trust that? It isn't easy all the time, but we do. And so we encourage each other to seek the kingdom of God first and he will restore to us everything that we need. Follow God. Let's do that together. Well, we're doing that as we worship God today. So let's continue to do that. And we worship with song. It's one of the ways we worship. And songs allow us to express in, 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 a, in, a, in an emotional way, in a guttural way, uh, uh, God's love for us. So let's stand together, if you're able, and let's uh, join online and continue to sing and think about what God is doing. Will you stand with me? And uh, let's, let's pray as the team comes back. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all that you do for us. Lord, you've given us life. You give us purpose. And you give us strength to live the life that you want us to live. We worship you. We thank you. We want to glorify you in everything we do. Lord, we pray that you are pleased with these songs that we sing this morning, that you come and you're present with us. That we just not, We're not just singing a song. We're, we're, we're coming into your presence, and we need you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we started a new song that talks about the fact that even when we don't understand or see what God is doing, making ways in the wilderness, streams in the desert, 
we have faith and we have confidence to know that he will because he is God. Amen. your word is true and you don't lie every promise that you made every promise that you made is true and lord we thank you for your word we thank you lord that when we don't see a way 
you are already working. Even if we're not aware of it. And Lord, it's because of your greatness and because of your goodness that we can have that faith and that confidence. So Lord, we just declare today, great is the Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your greatness. And our hearts overflow today with praise for you and all that you are to us.
Because you are great, you are mighty, you are majesty, you bring victory. The very beginning of that song, we sing the phrase, you give life, you are love. Love isn't just something that God does. Love is what he is. We were here uh, doing some painting this past week, and we were listening to some music out in the mall and a song came on the playlist that kind of took me off guard and I wasn't expecting it to hit me emotionally the way it did. It's a C.C. Wyden song called Alabaster Box. And we think about this process or this idea that it's your breath in our lust, so we pour out our praise. So the question is, what unit of measure or what instrument are we using to pour that out? Spoonful? Pitcher, wheelbarrow. The story of that song, if you don't know it, is about from the New Testament. It's Mary of Bethany who came to, she heard that Jesus was having dinner at the home of one of the Pharisees. And so she came in. She wasn't supposed to be there. She got all kinds of looks as she came in, but she went directly. She knew who Jesus was and she knew why she was there. She went directly to where Jesus was, and she knelt down before him. And she was so overcome with emotion that she began to weep. The song says, don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and dry them with my hair. So she took this box of oil, of alabaster, and she broke it open. This was a very expensive jar of oil equal to approximately a year's wages in that particular time. So the Pharisees and all those that were sitting around were like, we could use this in the church treasury. I mean, we like, we need new carpet and we could use a new sound system and we could use... But that wasn't the point. The point was that she came to give everything that she had and to give an offering that was extravagant to the Lord. The end of that chorus says, you weren't there the night he found me. You didn't feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. And you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. So the point is that God has done something extravagant for all of us. And this is not a chide. Believe me, please bear with me here. Hopefully this is helping you to see how much God deserves everything that we have in worship. And that doesn't mean just in the context of a weekend worship service, but in every day of our lives. It's your breath in our lungs, God. So we pour out our praise to you. Not just in a trickle, not drops here and there, but we pour it out. Because you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. So we give honor, and we give glory unto your name. And so, Lord, we pour out the praise that you deserve. 
every minute of every day of our lives. Lord, we ask you to be glorified in everything that we do. We ask you, Lord, to bless April and her team as they prepare to minister to our children this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move uh, in that ministry and flow through them. And as our children learn of you, that, God, you would raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. We pray for Pastor Roger as he comes this morning. We pray you would anoint him, open our hearts that we might receive from you. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. The opportunity to go uh, last last uh, week uh, it was your Saturday, but then Sunday morning at seven o'clock, all of us and the scouts gathered together in the back parking lot and uh, loaded up and headed out to scout camp for a week. And we had a we had a good time. And I want to want to begin with one of the songs that our scoutmaster Dennis woke the, the, the there, there were thirty three of us all together, and two mornings he woke us up with this little song. Now. Uh, apparently, in the scouting world, the, the the term song has a very broad definition, and and so this is he, he woke us up quiet in the morning. A few birds are, are chirping, and Dennis walks through the camp with all of us scouts in the in, in our tents, and he says, "Way up in the sky, the big birdies fly. Way down in the nest, the little birdies rest." With a wing on the left and a wing on the right, the little birdies sleep all through the night. They're sleeping! The bright sun comes up, the dew falls away. Good morning, good morning, the little birdies say. How's that to wake up? Good morning, good morning. There's another verse to it. He didn't say the other verse. But, but let, the next verse ends with, shh, they're dead. <laughs> well, I had a beautiful time with our scouts last week. We had 26 young men, one young woman, six adults camping with us and had a wonderful time. Camping always brings unexpected events. Always. Camping is a fabulous way to, uh, to, to learn life skills. It is. I mean, just like life anyway. But we put these guys together and uh, we're going we're gonna to learn some life skills. And this week did not disappoint. I'd like you to think about, if you were going on a camping trip, what are some essential things that you should take 
with you. If you're online, go ahead and post a couple things. What should what you absolutely need to take on camping? And if you're here, call out some things that you must take camping. Like the old American Express commercial, don't leave home without it. What have you got to, what have you got to take? Let me hear it. Bug spray. Those of you who uh, you got a little, you got a little clue if you're on our, if you got my phone call or my text message or you saw the email that I said that. What else should you take? Toilet paper, sleeping bag. You got to have shelter. A log cabin. Just throw that log cabin right on your back and get right on it. Right. A TV. Cell phones. Where I was, oh, Pastor Vaughn, come on, the Bible. <laughs> if you're Pastor Vaughn, you got it up here, but you're still gonna, you're still gonna take it here. Where we were, we had very, very sketchy cell service. Um, I had to lay at the right position in my bunk, and there seemed to be a stream of a T-Mobile signal that probably was this wide. And for whatever reason, it just went through my tent. And if I put my phone over here, I could get one bar of LTE service. And that was enough for me to talk to my wife. <laughs> I couldn't send any pictures. I could, I could send a text now and then. And Carolyn got frustrated. She asked me a question, and then it would be hours before I replied. Even though I had I had replied hours earlier, finally she gets it. You know, you put up with these things, and it just reminds you that you've got to be prepared for the unexpected. So I had my list, and 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 thank you, Peter Suderline, for la- he was here last night's service. And after the service that I told this story, he sent me a packing list for scouts. Thank you very much. As if I didn't already have one. The packing list doesn't do you any good if you don't get the things that are on the list. Anyway, so I fully intended to get that bug spray that you all said was an essential. And on Saturday, as I, before we left, as I was coming to church, I said, okay, you keep forgetting to stop at the store to get bug spray, so get it on the way home from church. Well, I just wanted to get home from church, so I didn't do it, and I'm in bed, and I think, ah, you forgot the bug spray. Get it in the morning, and maybe at 7 o'clock in the morning, I don't know if Walmart's open, but find a store where you can get some bug spray. So I wake up in the morning, and I come to the church, ready to load in the van, loading my van with the scouts, and I remember that I forgot the bug spray. Well, you're going out of town, pick, stop and pick some up. No. Didn't want to do that. Then I remembered that I forgot my chair to sit at camp in. I said, oh, i got to have a chair. Forget the bug spray. I need a chair. So with six guys in the back of my van, I said, guys, we're going to take a little detour past my house so that I can get my chair. Well, I didn't have any bug spray at the house, but I, and I didn't want to make another stop. And I thought, okay, when we get to camp, surely there's going to be a camp store that has some bug spray. So we got to camp. And, of course, there was a trading post there where they had bug spray. But did I get there? No. And then, and it was hot and sweaty last Sunday, and, and we're walking, and we get to the campfire at, at night, and, and I feel this thing on the back of my neck, and of course, my hair's all sweaty because it's just hot and 100% humidity, and I put my hand back there just to scratch, and I felt, felt like a little stone. There's a, there's a stick or something, a, a twig got stuck in my hair, and, and, and then it moved. 
and I thought, oh, twigs don't move. And I, and, I, and, I, and I was able to pull it out of my hair, and I said, oh, that's good. And I looked at it, and I don't know, are, are, are ticks insects? They have six legs. I don't know how many legs they have. I didn't stop to think. I didn't stop to count. One, two. And it was tiny. And the fact that I could pull it off my head meant that it hadn't gotten me yet. And I was so glad. Well, that tick is not going to bother anybody ever again. <laughs> he is in tick heaven. <laughs> if, there is a, if there is a heaven for ticks. It will not be the same one that you and I are at. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But he's not going to bother anyone. But I was amazed at how tough ticks are. And, and ticks are ticks. And they live because they attach themselves. They, they plunge their little head into their host. And they suck the blood out of the host. And a tick cannot live except that it lives because the person or the animal that it attaches to itself itself to is alive. A tick is a parasite. A tick is a tremendous illustration for the evil in this world. Evil has to attach itself to somebody else. And I'm not calling a tick evil. So if you love ticks, please don't be offended. <laughs> you know, we can really get easily offended in our world today. It's just an analogy. Because evil attaches itself to us. And just like I needed to get that bug spray for some protection, we've got to actually do things to protect ourselves from evil in this world. We're going to read about that today. And then from the book of Ephesians, we're finally getting to the end of this series called You Belong. And Paul gives a final message to us because we belong to the body of Christ by our faith in Him. We belong together. And there are some things that we need to know and we need to do to live in a world that is dangerous and full of of evil, like ticks. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And beginning with verse 10, flip my page over. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Now, we're going to read part of this. Some of it, part of it's going to be on screen, but then I'm going to shift and I'm going to put some other words, some key words on screen as we read through the rest of the passage. So I do encourage you to, to open your Bible uh, that we have here or a Bible app that you've got or if you're at home, open a Bible so that you can follow along the Scripture reading, but it's not always going to be on the screen. Uh, I, I guess before I start read, reading it, I want to I say one more thing. That just like that tick has a innate, a built-in desire and he is hardwired to survive, God has placed into the fabric of every person and every living thing the desire and the ability to survive. 
That's why a tick crawls up my little back. I don't know where he came from. I mean, we had walked under a, a lot of bushes. We had walked through uh, on paths that had tall grass over here. That tick could have found its way on me any way it wanted to. And I'm so glad he found us, and I found him on my neck as he was crawling up. Because they always go to a, to a warm, comfortable spot, and he didn't get any place else. And I'm so glad for that. <laughs> so glad for that. Thank you, Lord. It was easy to get. But God has created us with an instinct to survive. And we, we will do almost anything to keep our life. But God's also created us to do so much more than just survive in this life. He's created us to thrive. And we all have that desire and drive not just to survive in this world, but to thrive. And we need these things that Paul is going to talk about to do both of these things. To both just get through. And there are days in our lives, and I know each of us, if we sat down, if I, if I made you get in, at your little tables or in, in little groups and, uh, of two or three and just say, talk about a day that all you could do is just survive, everybody would have a story. And then if we move from just surviving to thriving, we would have a whole lot fewer stories. And the sad thing to me is that there are many people who go through life just trying to survive. And we need to help each other thrive. Because I don't think that we can I don't think that we can thrive alone in this world. We might be able to just get by. But God has so much more for us that we that we have to belong to one another in order to thrive. So let's look at this look at this verse, beginning with verse uh, ten of chapter six. And Paul begins. A final word. This is a letter that he has written to the Christians who live in the city of Ephesus. Paul had been there and he had shared the gospel with them already. And now Paul is in prison in some other city. Why is he in prison? He's in prison because he's bold enough to share the truth of Jesus Christ. And the people have tried to stop him. And he writes this letter while he's in prison and he says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And then he, and, and then he shifts to, to what does that mean? And as I've said in the past, almost in every one of this, the messages in this series, Paul writes like this. He begins with an opening statement that is a general statement. He's a good writer. He went to your teacher's English class <laughs> to learn how to write a paragraph. Start with your thesis statement and then support it with other facts, other information, other ideas. So his general statement is be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And so if you're thinking, how do we do that? He's going to tell you. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Why? Why do we need to do that? And his next phrase answers that question. Because we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. 
against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So pause right there. We're going we're gonna to change the, the, what's on the screen to, to, become the, to, to show just the key words about what it means, what, it, what is the full armor of God, and how do these things protect us. But before we jump into that, I want to say a word about recognizing that we live in a world of evil powers, that, and, the, and the fighting is not between flesh and blood, especially within the body of Christ, but also in humanity. There are evil spiritual powers at work in this world. And I know that in our culture, we, tend to, we, 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 we describe everything logically, rationally, and scientifically. And science tells us many great and wonderful things. But science still cannot explain everything that occurs. Everything that happens. And science probably will advance through this world to be able to rationally explain why some things happen. And I think that's great and that's important and that needs to happen. We are called to discover and to take care of all of this creation that God has done. We have brains that need to develop, that we need to learn. We, need, we have hands that need to, to figure things out so that we can do all of these things. But there still will always be something that we can't figure out because we are flesh and blood and there are realities beyond us. That are spiritual. And we have to accept that fact. And there is plenty of evidence for us to recognize that there are spiritual realities beyond the physical world in which we live. Science has enough evidence to say that they are there. We live in an evil world. One more word about that it's not flesh and blood. So when we, when we start fighting with one another, we need to pause at times, often, and say, wait a minute, my battle is not with this person. But we are, we are the pawns of, of greater things. I don't like that word, pawn, but I can't think of another word to describe it. But the pawn in chess is, is, is the one who's out front, the one who's willing to go into the battle first, the one that you send as kind of a test to see how. And you might even sacrifice a pawn in order to win the battle, to win the war. And there, there are times when each of us goes into this evil world and we're asked to sacrifice something. And some of us may even be asked to sacrifice our very life. But the truth about Jesus Christ tells me that if I sacrifice my life for the sake of the good news of Jesus Christ, He will give me life again. Not in this world, but for eternity in that spiritual realm. That's what I trust. That's what I believe. Speaking about what I believe. We went through camp, and I think it was Tuesday morning. Well, maybe it was Tuesday afternoon. And, and I'm not a Boy Scout. I, 
I, I ran away from that when I was in school and the Boy Scout troops came to the school to, to advertise and to invite me to become a Cub Scout. I, I, uh-uh. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I'm so glad for our scouting ministry in this church. And I'm so glad that I, last, last year, I went on this trip because last year I, I spent one day at scout camp. And I said, I've got to do this. I've got, these, these guys are great. These leaders are, are making a great sacrifice in order to have an opportunity to change these young men's lives. And now, Boy Scouts of America, BSA, just calls it Scouts because they include girls in their program also. So we had one girl in our troop go with us. And there were obviously accommodations and everything went well. And there probably there were probably about 200, 250, maybe even, I don't know if 300, that might be too many, at this entire camp. And probably 10, 10 to 12% of them were girls. So there were other girls at the entire encampment. And Tuesday, one of the scouts came to me and just asked me, Pastor Roger, what do you believe? There's the question. That's the question the world is asking us. And we need to be ready to give an answer. And I know I've had a lot of education. And I've had a lot of years going to church. But even when that simple question is asked, nonchalantly, just like that, I think, okay, how much of all that information that I know is this young man wanting to hear from me? I said, I believe Jesus is God's Son. That He died on the cross to forgive my sins. I believe that every human being needs that. Every human being has a relationship with God that they have turned away from God. And we need that reconciliation. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about... And and He stood there and He listened to me. It was only a five-minute conversation. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for giving me the words to say to this young man right here. Finally... I, I, I paused and I stopped because I wanted to get, I didn't want to just give him a, a lecture or a sermon or a speech. I wanted to have a conversation with him. So I stopped. And he said, you know, there's a television show called Lucifer. And it talks about demons and angels. Are they real? Yeah, they are. And is what I learned on this television show true? And so I had an opportunity to talk with him. How do we know true from false? How do we know what is spiritual right and what is spiritually wrong? And God has given us this Word, and He has revealed Himself to us through His Word. Throughout the ages of humanity, God has been inspiring humanity and, and, and expressing His divinity in ways that we can observe it, We can smell it. We can see it. We can taste it. Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And and we can experience God in this world in our lives. And I have experienced the fear of God. But I've also experienced the joy of God. I've experienced God's law coming over me, God's Word saying to me, Roger, you did not love this person as you should have loved this person. And I have also experienced saying, God, I'm sorry 
And I have felt His Spirit come to my spirit and assure me that my sin is forgiven. And not just that one, all of them. So that I can live this life without guilt that I've done anything wrong. I remember all the wrong things that I do because God also gave me a memory. But when I remember all those things that I've done wrong, I also remember what Jesus Christ has done for me. And that peace of the truth of Jesus Christ is brought up in me once again. And I don't know that I, you know, I'm telling you this, and I said this to this young man. We can experience that. And I said, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I do know that you've experienced with, with, with a friend a broken relationship. Somebody has done something to you to hurt you. Somebody who you trusted has broken your trust. Somebody who you loved has done something to you to show that they don't even care about you. And you've done the same thing to others, and you know what that feels like. And it's not just an emotion. It's, it's an experience. And you also know what it's like to reconcile with that person. For that person to say, I'm sorry, and all of a sudden you feel, you experience a unity once again. You experience peace with that person. I said the same is true with us and God. We all have walked away from God and we all need that. We live in a world where there are spiritual powers at work pulling us apart from God. It's a dark world. So he says, finally we're back to this. These things. By the way, this is a picture of where I was. A beautiful lake. We we were the Shenandoah Valley in the southwestern part of Virginia. This is called Lake Merriweather, and uh, it's not far from Virginia Tech, kind of in that in that area. Many people may have gone to Virginia Tech, but this was the this is it's gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful. We didn't see the sun rise much. We just kind of saw a gray glow. Every morning, because it rained every day. It rained every night. Guess what else I didn't take? A poncho. I took a Christ the Cornerstone golf umbrella. Among these these 300 people, I was the only camper carrying around this beautiful blue golf umbrella that said Christ the Cornerstone, and I was proud. Until I left it in the dining hall. And then I left it in the leader's lounge. And I just forgot where I left it one day. <laughs> it was a beautiful time. All right, let's look. Here, here we've got to go quickly through, these, through, through this armor that God says, do not go in, Paul says, do not go into this world without the protection that you need. And here's what you need. Put on truth. And I know that he uses images, and in the passage here, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Therefore, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Truth. I know a lot of times people have preached this, and they've, they've and, I, and I looked, I tried to, maybe I need to buy a, 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 the, 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 the soldier's armor, whatever, so that you can see it. We, we just need to understand what these things represent because 
God doesn't just want me to wear a belt. It's a belt of truth. So God wants me to put on truth. Where does truth come from? Truth comes from God. And I'm so glad. I know years ago, the, the, in our world, there still are people think, that think that truth is, is, is all relative. And it's all about perspective. But that is not true. <laughs> there is truth. There's a lot in this world that is relative and it's about our perspective. That is true. But there is truth. And we have to put that on. And we get truth from God. And how do we, how do we know who God is? Except God has revealed Himself. How do you know who Roger is? You, you don't go ask Pastor Vaughn who Roger is. He can tell you some things. But he's not going to tell you at all. And you can go to Mary and you can say, who's Roger? Oh, he's pastor of Christ the Cornerstone. But that's not all there is. They don't know everything there is about me. They don't know that I have a sister that lives in Walton, New York, who makes fun of me because yesterday was the first time she saw my little goatee. And yesterday was the first time she saw me in a scout uniform. And I sent it to my siblings. A few minutes later, they sent me a text back. said, here are the comments from your nieces and nephews. You look like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> My sister-in-law said, is that hair on your face? 56 years, I've never had facial hair like this. It's not important. Put on the truth. You need to know the truth. The only way that you can discover the truth of Roger is to get to know Roger. The only way you can experience the truth of God is to get to know God. And God has revealed Himself to us through His Holy Scriptures. But He's also revealed Himself to us personally through the person of Jesus Christ. And He also reveals Himself to us through the Holy Spirit, God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are not going to know the truth except through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and through God, our Heavenly Father. And, when we, and he says, um, the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness, it's going to protect the core. I don't go to the gym. You can see that I don't go to the gym. <laughs> But they talk about core exercises and the body armor. God's righteousness is our righteousness. We, God is a right and truthful God. You can trust God. What we can't trust always is our understanding of God because that's a human experience of God and we don't always get it. But we can trust God. The body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. There's a scripture that says, How lovely on the mountain are the feet. <laughs> Look at your feet. Would you describe your feet as lovely? Don't, let me, don't make me answer that question. That's why we got socks on. That's why we got shoes on. And if you're bold enough to wear sandals, you've either manicured your feet or you just don't care. <laughs> I'll cover it all. 
How lovely, the Scripture says, how lovely on the mountaintop are the feet of those who bring good news. Trying to, trying to what, what is that like? That, that, that means that, and, and, and here, here's an illustration. Imagine that you're camping and your life is camping. Not like today, but you live out in nature. And, and dad in your family goes away from the family to hunt for meat. And the family stays at camp. Dad goes out and he's gone for days because he's not coming back without food for you. But when he leaves and he's gone for days, you begin to wonder, is Dad coming back? And while you're there, he leaves before you're out of food, but just in case, you keep rationing the food a little bit to each person every day. And you don't know. It's getting low. And then that afternoon, you look, you see some movement at the horizon. And somebody says, Dad's back! And he's carrying on his shoulder a goat that he found on a mountaintop and he killed it because you need to eat. Are you glad? (laughs) How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. The Word of God, the the messenger of God, when you go out into this world and you tell somebody God loves you, you're carrying good news to them. That's your job as a follower of Jesus. And we take with them. And there's peace that comes into people's lives because we who trust God's righteousness and, and truth are willing to share it with others. He says, hold up the faith that blocks the arrows because the devil does not want you to share that. It's a strategy, an ancient war strategy that the Greeks and the Romans did. And they'd have, they, the, the, they, they, it was a phalanx and they would have ranks of soldiers lined up. And the rank might be I don't, eight, eight, ten ranks of soldiers deep. And let's say there's, there's 50 soldiers standing shoulder to shoulder. And the ones in the front have these great big long shields and they're holding it like this. All they can do to walk is take little half steps like this. But they're shoulder to shoulder and so the edge of their, of, of their shield touches the edge of the soldier beside them. And it's this wall that just advances toward the enemy into the battle. And behind this front row, there's another row of soldiers. They've got a shield, but, but it's strapped to their back. And instead of using, holding their shield up, they have their spear. Let's say it's 10 or 12 feet long. They have lowered their spear between the two shields that are in front of them. And so as that wall, now it's a wall with these spears coming at you. And if, and if an arrow comes and takes down the soldier that's in front of you, you grab your shield and you take his place as you continue to advance forward. The faith, faith blocks 
the arrows. And we need to join together with our brothers and sisters in Christ as we walk through this world together. And we need to help the soldier who gets down. We need to step in his place so that he can go back and get the care that he needs. But you've got to take his place. We're in this thing together. The third one says, put on the helmet of salvation. Remember in your mind that you are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ as you walk through this world. I mentioned that I was reading a letter from one of our members who's who's serving time in prison. And he shared with me just a little bit about his experiences. And it made me think that I have to remember that Jesus forgives me because I've done stupid things. And I've made mistakes. And I've swerved my car this way. Very lucky to avoid an accident that could have put me in prison. And every one of us are just an instant away from disaster. And we need to remember that Jesus Christ forgives us and to follow Him in this dangerous, dangerous world. Put on the truth, that that helmet, that you are saved by your faith in Jesus Christ. Take up, the fourth one says, take up the Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit. This is the only piece that, that is kind of offensive. Not offensive in a bad way, but it's an offense. God's Word. Given to us through the Holy Spirit. And finally, he says, pray in the Spirit Always stay alert and persist for all believers. Remember I described that that phalanx, that, that group of soldiers working together to advance forward. We're in this thing together, brothers and sisters. The battle is not between flesh and blood. It is between spiritual forces and authorities that we cannot see. We don't need to fight one another. We need to grab hold of these truths that God has given to us. Place ourselves right in the middle of of God's armor. Don't go out from this world. What do you need this morning? What are you facing out there? Are you taking all of the armor that God has for you through faith in Jesus Christ? Maybe you don't even have faith in Jesus Christ and you're sitting here, but you are fully aware of God's of the dangers that are in this world because you've been caught in them already. And you don't know which way to turn. Turn to Jesus. Take the armor that He gives for you. Confess your sins. Just say, Jesus, I trust You and I will follow You. I don't know how, but I need Your presence in my life to teach me. And I will join with others so that I can survive and thrive in this world. Let's stand together as we sing, as we pray together. And I invite you, if you need prayer, come. You can kneel here at the platform. You can go meet somebody somebody at the prayer stations if you want to pray with somebody or want to just spend a few moments in uh, prayer here at the platform. You certainly may do that. Somebody will probably come to you and 
offer a quick prayer to you. It's okay. Then you can continue. We just want to support you in that. What do you need this morning? What part of the armor of God? What do you need to confess? Let's pray together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to move among us your mighty power. You are the one who knows my needs before I call. You tell the storm when it will cease before it starts. The God above who searches deep within my Cannot proclaim how great you are, for there is none like you, none like you, the faithful one, Jesus, for there is sacrifice can now repay this dead I owe or earn this gift of righteousness that was your own I will give myself 
else like you, God. No one else. thank you for your great power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the armor of God that helps us to stand against all the evil schemes of the enemy. So Lord, help us day by day to make a conscious choice. Just like we walk to our closet and decide what we're going to put on for the day, that we make a conscious choice before we leave our house to put on those things that you have designed for our defense and to take up the sword of the Spirit to be on offense. We thank you, God. We pray, Lord, that you would go with us from this place, send your Spirit with us. Lord, give us favor in this week. Lord, give us opportunities to share your love with people. It's in the name of Jesus we pray front area is still open here at the altar if you want to pray by yourself, if you want folks to pray with you, they're back at the prayer stations. If you're online with us this morning, uh, don't leave today, don't sign off today before you ask for prayer if that's what you need. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping.